Next on BYU Sports Nation is college football moving toward a TV deal worth billions, no more major conferences, and a 16-team playoff? I'm guessing yes, since you brought that up. What does BYU have to do in September to make national noise? The sporting news Bill Bender weighs in. Plus, inside the Marriott Center renovations with the man behind the home of BYU basketball's facelift. Soft seats for all. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is Wednesday, July 8th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the aspiring CEO of SportsContent.com, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, yesterday I looked and no one owns that. How is that not a That could be the new Grantland. (laughs) You have a yogurt on the set. We're going to sit here for an hour. Is that going to go bad? No, it's not going to go bad. Well, I mean, it's... You're going to have to throw it back in the refrigerator, right, after an hour? No. Yogurt sitting out for an hour? I will eat it when it's still kind of cool. Double meaning? (laughs) Do you have a spoon? (laughs) I do have a spoon. It's right here. You want to eat it right now? I'm not going to do that. That's compelling radio. I might might eat some of it during commercial breaks. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I was, I'm just worried. Like, are you, are you hungry? I'm starving. You Really? Yes. We've been here for two and a half hours. You're why right. Did, why we've didn't you eat produ- something? We've been preparing I show. ate. We need to get you some food, dude. You're looking a little thin. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm fatter than I've ever been in my life. I didn't want to bring up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 53540, dude. You need, to, you need to shed some LBs, bro. Here some are today's kilos. BYU Sports Nation headlines. College- <laughs> you just ignore me. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> The College Football Award watch list month of madness continues. Yes! T. John Karoma, BYU freshman All-American, named to the Remington Award watch list, given to the nation's best center. And no Cougars on the Mackey for uh, best tight end, right? That's disappointing. This place has a lot of uh, good tight ends. Nobody on that list. That doesn't mean they can't win it, though. BYU All-American track star Shea Martinez advanced to the semifinals in the 800 meters at the World University Games in Seoul, South Korea. That's right. You went to South Korea on your mission. That I did. On your LD, on your mission trip. Did you know that Seoul is actually two uh, syllables in Korean? No. It is. What yeah. are we, what's going on? Seoul. <laughs> there you go, right there. Yep, you're welcome. There's Eat your language yogurt, lesson man. for the day. Brandon Davies played 13 minutes and poured in one rebound, one assist, and five fouls for the Orlando Magic Blue team. We can do better, Brandon. Tyler Haas, by the way, starts his summer league play with the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday. With the Eastern Conference champs. How about that? What? <laughs> Former BYU two-sport All-American Jen Hampson continues the rookie season with the LA Sparks tonight in San Antonio against the Fighting David Wests on Time Warner Cable at 8 Eastern time. Mark it down. Also, rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Major college football realignment. Here we go. There's Hill. Pass complete. Hoffman, first down across the 40 to the 42. A good thing to get Cody Hoffman started. He's had good games historically against Utah. Ah, the ghosts of BYU-Utah past. What if the Cougars and Utes were back together as a regional rivalry. Don't tease me like this. That's just one of the ideas discussed in a Flip Your College Football World Upside Down article written by Chip Brown 
of hornsdigest.com. I, when I hear Chip, I just think of Talladega Nights. Anyone else? He's been on the show before. He's a well-connected dude, to say the least, within college football. Okay, in that article, he projects the following major changes in college football. One major collectively bargained TV contract like the NFL. We're talking billions of dollars. Six divisions of 11 teams each representing the 66 major college football programs, BYU included. Spoken of in Revelation. Also, it would result in third, a 16-team college football playoff. Hmm. Now, with those figurative grenades lobbed out there, (laughs) consider our Twitter question. If you were czar, if you were the Mike Fratello of college football, what change would you make? Oh, you can man. do anything with college football. What change would you make? Because these are some crazy changes that Chip Brown is saying. I've talked to some people, and this could happen later. More on that in a moment. At Brianna or Brian R. Dana. Sorry. Different uh, gender. Geographic conferences with a priority in traditional rivalries. Tradition is what did, makes... Football, great. So he's right in line with yeah. what Chip Brown is. It'd be great to see those come back. I kind of miss those, especially BYU-Utah, of course. He's saying that could happen. At underscore white chocolate, Jason Williams uh, weighs in. Amazing. Easy. No more attempting to deceive flags. <laughs> That's an 0809 joke. That's a good one. I love it. Oh, we'll we'll tell you about that. We'll break that down in about, what, 30 minutes. I, we need to relive the attempt, attempt to deceive play. Okay, <laughs> not right now. We don't have time for it right now. But I was I, on the sideline for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Now, Chip, as I mentioned, has covered the Texas Longhorns in major college football for over two decades, and said this yesterday, and I quote: "After discussions with several people connected to P5 schools, this scenario could become more plausible as we get closer to the year 2024." Why so far away, Spencer? Because that's when all of the big money TV contracts expire. His projections are grounded. And again, the three major headlines from his article, starting with money. We all know money drives everything in football. As Floyd Mayweather said, it's not uh, everything. It's the only thing. The money team. In college football. The money team. Okay. He suggests get rid of multiple TV deals. And there's one out there for every single conference. Each conference each conference has its own TV deal, right? So he's saying, wipe that away, form some, com- you know, some group, like every uh, major professional league, they negotiate for their own TV deal collectively, that you could get more out of it. You have a way. collectively bargained contract, a la the NFL, which he says means NFL-type money. Well, what is NFL-type money? $20.4 billion over nine seasons. Oh, my goodness. $2.27 billion a year. <laughs> Again, billion with a B, people. And he says, look, you think my ideas are crazy? Uh, This might be his most sound thought of all. Where there is billions of dollars, there is a way. Uh, Yeah, this is 2015. Okay, so a contract like the NFL. Number two, split the 65 Power 5 college football programs into six divisions, add BYU to make it an even 66, and you have 11 teams in each of those six divisions. His message to BYU is this. Quote, for efficiency and geographic proximity, the best model may be six divisions with 11 teams, which means BYU, congratulations, you've become the 66th and final school in the Power Five, end quote. couple thoughts here. One, that would be amazing. I don't see Boise State in this list, which is interesting, but obvious. BYU in this situation would be awesome because they would join essentially the Power Five. It'd become 
the power six divisions, whatever we'd call it, in, in this theory, right? If someone's just tuning in right now, BYU did not get an invite to the Big 12. Let's just make that clear, okay? <laughs> the, the other thing, regional rivalries would come back. BYU would be in a conference or division with the likes of USC, UCLA, Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Utah, and Colorado. Essentially the Pac-12 minus the Arizona schools. Okay, so they're in the West. Yes. One division of the West. The West would have three divisions. The East would have three. This is what Chip Brown's saying. That would be amazing. I want to see A&M play Texas again. That would would come back into existence. I want to see all these rivalries that uh, several of them that went away due to conference affiliation. Nebraska-Colorado. Back. Michigan-Notre Dame. Nebraska-Texas. All those. Yes. I I miss those as a college football fan. 66 teams. Six divisions of 11 teams each. BYU featured in the West Division. Chip Brown's realignment would also result in our third headline, a 16-team playoff. Inevitable. This will happen, in my opinion, at, at some, some point, point in the future. There's too much money. There's, There's too, much money. too much money. And he's saying cut back regular season games to 11 instead of 12 right now. Okay. I like that idea. So two qualifiers from each of the six divisions. That gives you 12 teams. And then he said there would be two wild cards Two from the West and two from the East. Yeah. Okay? So 16 teams total. I changed my mind. I want more college football games. I forgot that I love college football. Almost more than anything. You're the guy that watches every, at least one play of every single college football bowl game. I'm going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Which is awesome. I watched... uh, Soak it in. The other day in a production meeting, someone said, you know what? No one remembers all the matchups from the New Year's Six. I said... Wait, I do. And he said, okay, Sam. And then I said all of that. I, I love college football. I want all these games. I want expansion, yes. Okay. So if it goes towards a 16-team playoff, he didn't discuss the particulars of that. I mean, he, it, it's out there. And, again, it's a flip-your-world-upside-down type of ideology that he's presenting. But is it crazy? The more and more I look at it, because when I first saw it, I was like, dude, what are you talking about? But it, it seems plausible because, number one, Money is involved. Okay, that bottom line. Billions of dollars. Literally here, the bottom line. Yeah. That is that is what it's all about. And so I think this could happen. I honestly And it's a ways out, but it, it's sure interesting, right? The idea yeah. is interesting. Or some version of this. Yes. It, Brett McMurphy of ESPN has come on and said he thinks in three, you know, three seasons ish that when the Big Ten uh renegotiates its contract, that they'll look to possibly expand it. That might Move some pieces in this big puzzle of realignment, right? Now, this is nine years away. This may be phase two of that. Who knows? But, but we all see it coming, though. We, we can all hear. I live in Springville. There's a bunch of trains. I can hear them in the middle of the night. I know that. Yes. Oh, no. The turning train is upon us again. I can hear them coming like realignment in the future for college football. We all know what's going to happen again. It's just what, who, when, how, how all that How drastic stuff. will yeah. it be? And is this a football-only thing that he's projecting? Because he's saying all conferences are going away. Is that, is that just meaning football teams? So football becomes like its own collective entity, I, but the conferences remain for all the other sports? I think so. Football, I think football becomes its own brand. And this may be football-only for BYU. It can stand alone. BYU would scream, they would scream yes if... Someone said, hey, in football only, you want to come in? Uh, yeah. Yes. We won't take money for a couple years. We don't even care. Come on. Just let us in. BYU starts a new rivalry with a team that used to be in the Big 12 that's now in the Big 10 that hopefully will be in their potentially same division one day. I don't know. And it starts in less than two months. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 59 days. Do you know what today marks? One month until fall camp. 
We're that much closer. Which is in the summer. 59 days away from an actual college football game for the BYU football who needs, Cougars. Who needs that when you have practice? Well, everybody said no one (laughs) (laughs) crickets. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter, folks. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. If you were czar of college football, would you go with Chip Brown and go with his changes or what change would you make? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At jmort 7 make four super conferences in regions have a true playoff. Each conference sends top four teams, win or go home, true champion. So he wants a 16-team playoff with four teams from each of the four mega conferences. Now, I, now I still want to give all of co- college football a chance in some form. Like, I, I like right now that the group of five has a shot. Now, here's, here's my thing. If, if it goes to 16-team te- like, conferences, four of them, okay, and – you have a conference championship game. Doesn't don't those games become you, the de facto quarterfinals? At some point, you lose the conference championship game. Okay, but what in, my, if, in my opinion, if you expand the playoff to sixteen, you're not going to have conference championship games. Too many, the, too many games. I'm saying not. I want all these games. I know you, you do. Won't but I'm saying it. not go to sixteen team playoff, but you have quarterfinals that are built into the to the conference championship game. Kind and then of. The, the champions of each of the four conferences then go. They're to They're not the actually playoff. quarters, right? But it would be kind of the de facto. Kind of not very awesome. Let's just attack the real thing. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. We're kind of dating. What? Up, up next. More reaction from you and the man behind the idea that BYU has a September to remember. Bill Bender joins BYU Sports Nation next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Again, use the hashtag BYUSN. Did you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation? No worries. The show's on demand. You can download our podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. You can also watch it on BYUSN. Our Twitter question today is, if you were czar of college football, what change would you make? At CVD6262 says this, add promotion slash relegation, that is all, a la European soccer, which would mean if you don't perform well, you get demoted to a lower league. If Iowa State well, would get... be in the con- in Conference USA. Wake Forest would be in the Sun Belt. <laughs> okay. You can't lose to an FCS team two years in a row. <laughs> I don't care if it's North Dakota State. Come on. I love that. It's super complicated <laughs> trying to implement that into the that American ideology. It would never ideology. happen. It would never happen. But, but the idea awesome. is awesome. It yeah. would be fantastic. Absolutely. Joining BYU Sports Station right now, Bill Bender, college football writer for the Sporting News. He produced an article titled, 12 schools that face major hurdles in the first month of the season. Guess what? BYU's involved. Bill, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. You got it. To quote your article, you said BYU's September schedule might just be the most ambitious September schedule possible for an independent. So with that in mind, Bill, what does BYU have to do in the first month of the season to make some noise on the national landscape? 
if they can get out of that with a three and one record, they would get a lot of people's attention. I mean, I was just looking at the travel alone, 6,400 miles of travel, and you're going to two Big Ten programs with first-year coaches. Those will be highly anticipated games, not only the opener with Mike Riley, but then you're going to see Jim Harbaugh in week four. And, oh, yeah, you're playing Boise State and UCLA in between. I looked at that, and I had to look at it like three times because I was like, I can't be right. Is that right? So if they go two and two, three and one in that schedule, they'll certainly get some attention. Yeah, a lot of discussion for BYU fans is how good will Nebraska be under Mike Riley in game one? Same with Jim Harbaugh in week three. Uh, for them, and I guess week four for BYU. Uh, what do you expect from Nebraska and Michigan under new head coaches in September? Well, it'll be a transition for both programs. I think with Nebraska, the transition of more pro-style attack, that's one that BYU can go in there and sneak in and win if they play up to the way they're supposed to play. And then Michigan three, Michigan's got a little bit more time. I think the biggest question mark for Jim Harbaugh, other than what's he wearing or what he's not wearing when he's out on recruiting camps, is uh, <laughs> the quarterback. <laughs> you know, they, they need a quarterback. Shane Morris... Uh, took the lead in the spring, but their offense was inconsistent last year. I think Michigan's going to have a pretty good defense, though, so that could be a really – that's going to be one of those 24-20 type games that's going to come down to the fourth quarter. What's the most winnable game of the four in September for BYU, in your opinion? <laughs> that's a tough question. I, I would say I, I, I think they can win at Nebraska. I really do. I, I like that one most. Michigan, Nebraska, about even. And Boise State, having them at home will be a difference, too. So, like I said, if, if they get those three, I think UCLA is the toughest game without a doubt because they're going out there. UCLA is kind of a dark horse national playoff contender type team. So, I, I think I would go Nebraska and Michigan would be the ones that I think they could go in and steal. Bill Bender, college football writer for the Sporting News on BYU Sports Nation. We are discussing a September to remember, or so BYU hopes, when you look at that schedule. What would be considered a successful season overall? I know we've talked about the first four, but how many games does BYU have to win for you and your colleagues and other national college football correspondents to say, yeah, BYU had a really good season? Well, I think after that first four, they should go at least seven and one, maybe six and two. Um, Looking at that schedule, I mean, they play at Missouri and Kansas City. That's another tough one. It's just I'm impressed with the overall power of the schedule. And before I came on here, your producer said, well, go look at 2016. And I I just shook my head. I was like, I can't believe this. So I respect what BYU is doing. I respect the schedule I did last year, too. So I think if they could get to eight, nine wins with the schedule this year, then that and with Taysom Hill, I think that's doable. Then they are going to get some more attention. And I think not just from us, they want to get the Big 12's attention. I think that's what they're looking at. So how, does, so how does BYU do that with a schedule like this, with a schedule like 2016, in your opinion? What, what do they have to do to get the Big 12's attention? Well, I, when I spoke with Bronco Mendenhall last year, he, he had a great quote to me. He's like, I don't know if we have to get a magic wand and touch somebody on the forehead to get the, the Power 5's attention. I think the Big 12, if they get left out of the playoff again because of that lack of a championship game, then BYU is going to become a more and more attractive option. I think it puts the Big 12 in in the Mountain West time zone. It's a good football brand. It's it's a good football brand for the Big 12. Now, most of the people I talk to think Big 12 expansion is unlikely, but I think as we get three, four years down the road, and if BYU continues to show up and show out with these tough schedules, yeah, they're going to look like an attractive ad, from at least from a football perspective. It's interesting that you say the people you're talking to say that Big 12 expansion is unlikely because it's now we, we've talked to a few people in the heart of Big 12 country that kind of feel like, well, if we don't expand, 
were going to get eaten up by the other four Power Five conferences. If Texas or Oklahoma gets picked off, then say goodbye to the Big 12. What do you think about the idea that they need to expand to stay relevant within the Power Five? Well, I agree with that. I, I do. Even though if they don't expand, I think that's going to be a thing that you look at where these other four conferences, if they keep putting teams in the playoffs and the Big 12 gets left out, that's going to become a conversation. So while the idea of a four super conferences with 16 teams each is intriguing to me just because it's very, you know, everybody's the same, I don't think that's going to happen right away. I think the more feasible option is that, yeah, maybe three or four years down the road, the Big 12 starts to take a hard look at BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and a couple other schools that would be a fit, not only just from a football standpoint. I mean, I I didn't even mention BYU basketball is a good program, too, and they would add something to the conference from a basketball standpoint, too. Let's, uh, Let's give you the power, Bill. We've been talking power five. Let's give you the power. You're the commissioner of the Big 12. If you add two, who are you putting in? I'm gonna I'm gonna add BYU right away just because I think that's the best football brand that isn't in a Power Five conference. And I'm saying with Notre Dame being in, you know, they're doing a five game thing with the ACC. They should be in the Big Ten anyway. But that's a conversation for another day. But I think I would put BYU in there, and then I would take a hard look at Cincinnati and Houston and try to figure out what I want. Do I want Cincinnati as a travel partner with West Virginia? Or do I want a Houston in, in that Houston market, have another Texas school, it feels very Big 12, and it reduces travel costs? Those would be the three schools I would look at hardest. Bill, is football only a realistic option in the future for, uh, say, the Big 12 expanding, or is it going to be all-inclusive, in your opinion? Well, they're going to have to – yeah, I mean, that's, that's something they got to look at. With West Virginia's travel costs, I mean, you got to remember, West Virginia is 800 miles from – anybody else in the conference they're not their state doesn't touch anybody else in the big 12 and it was kind of an ad that they made where west virginia is another school that probably would fit better in the big 10 or the acc but the fact is they're in the big 12 so you got to weigh in the travel costs with the other sports programs but uh i think it has to be all inclusive that you if you bring in a byu in cincinnati they're not going to just want to be in there for football only bill bender of the sporting news with us on byu sports nation we are discussing the Cougars' September football schedule, as well as how likely it is BYU getting into the Big 12. That's been the hot topic for most of the month. Let's go back to the schedule, Bill, and I want to ask you, what's the best team BYU will face all year? Is it Missouri? Is it UCLA? I know we talked a little bit about both of those teams. Who do you like as the best team BYU will face? I think it's UCLA. Now that they've got past their off-season distraction with Diddy, hopefully, hopefully that's in the past. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm serious. That was just ridiculous. That whole story. But um, you know, I think UCLA. What Jim Moore has done with recruiting, they brought in a really good recruiting class. They've got a quarterback in there, a freshman, Josh Rousen, that's supposed to be the real deal. And it's a team that that wants to compete for a playoff, and they've done well in the Pac-12. It's time for them to take the next step. And I think they might do that this year. That's a pretty good UCLA football team. From a national perspective, uh, Taysom Hill is a, is a player that is on a lot of radars, not as much as last year because he's coming off injury this year. Is he a dark horse candidate still, or are there questions remaining uh, about him coming back from injury that are preventing him from getting more Pope? I couldn't have felt worse when he got injured last year because I thought he got off to just a fantastic start. I wrote an article about BYU that week, and he got injured, and I felt just 
horrible because I thought here he was going to get in the Heisman race. Now, provided he shows he's healthy, he's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the country just because of his ability. It's like watching a fullback be able to throw the football, and I'm hoping he can be able to do that. And like I said, with that first month, he's going to be in the spotlight enough that if he comes out, rolls up a couple big games against Nebraska, Boise, UCLA, Michigan, he's obviously going to be one of those guys in the conversation right away if he can come in and have a big September. Put on your optimistic goggles. We call them the blue goggles, Bill. And with Taysom Hill as the quarterback and has senior class teammates that are good players, Jamal Williams at running back, Mitch Matthews as a receiver, what's the likelihood that BYU could potentially win 10 games in this schedule with adding on a bowl game? Well, with a bowl game, it's possible if they go – they, they, like I said, you got to get a split in the first four at least. Okay. If you go three, if you, if they go three and one in the first month, they're going to win ten games. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. If they go two and two, you're looking at probably nine, maybe ten, depending on which bowl game you go to. I, I think this is our other writer Matt Hayes wrote earlier this week that this is BYU's best team in a decade, and if that's true, then it's a team that can go out there and win ten games this year. Wow, best BYU team in the last decade. The 06 team won 11 games, 07 won 11, 09, 11. Against a tougher schedule, would, say, 9 be equal to those kind of 11 in the Mountain West? I think so, yeah, I really do. Because, I mean, like I said, this is a brutal schedule. And props to BYU for doing that. Because you can only watch so many games in September that get out of hand. I mean, for a team to come out and play this kind of schedule early in the season. I did have Auburn ranked a little bit ahead of, at one spot ahead of them in the rankings, but Auburn has two really big SEC West games in Louisville. I mean, I, I just was very impressed with what they're coming out trying to do. And if that's how you're going to get attention, and then, and then they go out and win, they will get some attention from uh, some of these Power Five conferences, more specifically the Big 12, obviously. Bill Bender covers college football for the Sporting News. Follow him on Twitter at BillBender92. We've been asking our Twitter followers today, Bill, if they were the czar of college football and could make any change, what would they do? Well, let's ask you that question. If you could make any major change in college football, where are you going first? Uh, Well, I'd probably start with trying to get everybody on the same – they're playing the same number of conference games. Everybody's playing a conference championship, and have every and have the independents be in conferences. I, I just I, I know there's something to be said about being independent, but I would rather have everybody in a conference. I mean, if you look at all the schools in the Power Five plus the remaining independents, that's about 67 schools. It looks kind of like the NCAA tournament to me, and, and let them go out and play and figure it out that way. When you look at uh, the four potential playoff spots. Who are you penciling in uh, preseason to possibly make it in? Well, I'm going to stick with the company line with what Sporting News has. I mean, we have Ohio State in the championship game. That's not going to break any limbs. They're, they're extremely loaded this year with what they bring back. It doesn't really matter who they start at quarterback, in my opinion. They're going to be <laughs> that good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think, but I do think it's going to be Cardale, but if you're asking me for an answer. And then uh, Auburn? We have them winning the SEC. We have Oregon winning the Pac-12 until somebody else does it. We're going to keep picking Oregon. And then TCU out of the Big 12. That's the four we have. So chances are I'll probably get about one or two of those right. It's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Isn't it fun that way? You, those look like the obvious, you know, four of the obvious ones. But so there's going to be one or two that are going to be different that we didn't see coming, and that's why we play the games, baby. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's- I mean, did anybody, did any of your colleagues pick Ohio State to win the national championship last year? Uh, no, no, no. I, <laughs> did if anyone? they did, they're probably, 
if they did, they're probably lying. Now, you knew Ohio State was going to be a Big Ten contender, but I don't think anybody thought they were going to go on the run they did, especially with Cardell Jones in, no. in uh, the Big Ten championship and afterwards. Bill, great stuff. Great to talk to you. We appreciate the uh, insight and the national perspective on BYU. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey, let's do it again during the season, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. So he's right in line with us saying that BYU, to go 2-2 two and two in September, would be a success. Yeah. Three and one would it's, garner like major national attention. Two and two would be a success. And that's why we bring on these national guests, because we uh, validate our awesome opinions uh, through them. What? Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly why we do this. Bruce Feldman, who was on the show last week, uh, college football writer, he, he just released a new, uh, I believe it's podcast, uh, where Brian Harson, Boy State head coach, explains why Boy State would be such a great fit for the Big 12. I've wondered why Boy State has not lobbied for that. There's no way. They're in Boise. No way. It's tough enough being in Salt Lake Market 35, let their, alone Boise, which best, is Market what? Their best 112? No. Wait, wait. Salt Lake? Which, which? Boise? Boise. Boise's like 112, dude. No. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Coming up, the mastermind of BYU basketball's new Marriott Center Annex. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag. Go to BYUstore.com. I've been saying the BYU Store. It's just BYUstore.com. Search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles. You can get your own pair. Get a BYU Sports Nation t-shirt. Check it out. What are you waiting for? Join BYU Sports Nation by doing that. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. The College Football Award Watch List Month rolls on, baby. T. John Karoma, named to the Remington Award watch list. That is the award given to the nation's best center on an annual basis. And nobody on the Mackey watch list for tight end. His biceps are the early leaders in the clubhouse. Uh, Yeah. BYU All-American track star Shea Martinez advanced to the semifinals in the 800 meters at the World University Games in Seoul, South Korea. Brandon Davies continues his play in the NBA Summer League with Orlando. He played 13 minutes, had a rebound, an assist, and wait, wait. And One, five fouls. And five fouls. Okay. For the Orlando Magic Blue team, Tyler Haas starts his NBA Summer League time with the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday. And those ga- a lot of those games are on NBT- NBA TV, so you can watch time on Friday. Former BYU 2 Sport All-American Jen Hampson continues her rookie season with the LA Sparks tonight in San Antonio on Time Warner Cable. That's at 8 Eastern. Joining us now, our second guest of the day, and first in studio is Justin Durfee, the director of... Marriott Center and Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Justin, welcome to Studio B. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You're a very busy man. I'm quite surprised <laughs> to see you not in a hard hat. Has that become like a, a daily thing, part of your wardrobe? It has. A hard hat, a safety vest, safety goggles, and for about a month we also were wearing uh, uh, masks whenever we'd go into the arena. It was very dusty. So. And your office is in there, so you're, are you sitting in there all day with a mask on? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just when we go out into the arena. But now everything is pretty well dust-free, or at least getting that way. So just a hard hat and the vest for now. Hard to uh, put uh, a cap on like how much excitement BYU Sports Nation feels about the you know, what the Marriott Center is going to look like. Every time you guys tweet out a picture, you know, it's, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. How are the renovations coming along? Very well. Everything is on schedule. Uh, we really have not had any major problems or hiccups with the, with the project. Um, we've hit some important milestones over the last couple of weeks. Most of the new concrete is in now, and uh, seats are now being installed on the east side of the building, sections one through four. So 
the project is, like I said, coming remarkably well and, and right on schedule. Paint a picture for us. Take us inside the Merritt mm-hmm. Center. On, on the TV side, we're looking at pictures. We'll mm-hmm. tweet some of those out. But uh, what's it like in there as yeah. you walk in there and you see this? If you were to go in the Marriott Center right now, you would see uh, people installing the chairs, like I said, on the east side. And uh, you'd see some construction workers tearing off forms. Uh, the the uh, concrete was poured yesterday for the stairs that go down the west side of the building. So you'd see that going on. And then you'd see people installing the new hoist for the new scoreboard. So you'd see people up working in the, the grid up in the ceiling. Justin Durfee, Director, Marriott Center and Lavelle Edwards Stadium on BYU Sports Nation. We are talking renovations within the Marriott Center. You mentioned to us during the break that the last time you put in some blue seats, there, mm-hmm. there may have been some complications. Mm-hmm. You said it's going way better this time. <laughs> what changed to make things better this time around? Well, there's a couple of things. First off, the, the real problem last time is they were working right above our offices. And so we had about a solid month there with jackhammering right above us, oh. which, was, <laughs> which was not a lot of fun. But this time, the, the work has been going on in other parts of the building. And then the second thing is uh, Jacobson Construction, the general contractor, they did the first phase three years ago. And they learned a lot during that process. And so they've been able to implement those things this time. And it's helped them to be more efficient and get things done right on schedule. So when's the, when's the big screen going to go in? So work on the scoreboard starty is started Monday, uh, and you'll probably start seeing pieces of that being hung uh, middle of next week, maybe. And when uh, when do you expect all of this to be done? The completion date for everything is August eighth. Mm. Our first event is uh, August thirteenth with uh, commencement. And so, wait, one month from today? Correct. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you're on schedule, you said? On schedule. Amazing. Mm-hmm. If you were to go over there right now, you'd actually, amazingly enough, you'd see some cleaning starting to happen. So, hmm. uh, like I said, with all the concrete in, the dust level starting to come down, handrails uh, are starting to go in, there's, there's uh, places that are being painted. So we're kind of on the, the part of the project where you actually start to see results. The NCAA just released uh, the numbers for average attendance for NCAA basketball teams, BYU, a top 10 team, number Mm -hmm. nine at just over 16,000 per game. Mm -hmm. What kind of spike do you expect Mm -hmm. in year one of uh, the renovations? You know, that's tough to say. Uh, We've had really good attendance, not just last year, but over the last few years. And the, the lower level of the Marriott Center is sold out in season tickets pretty much every year. Uh, we get good student attendance at all of our games. And so uh, that number might go up a little bit, but I would think that it's going to hold steady pretty well. Uh, the, we've heard about, you know, dinosaur bones or whatever under LaBelle Edwards <laughs> Stadium. Is there, are there, is there anything like that with the Merritt Center? Anything, a room of requirement or something? <laughs> no. That, some people don't know that you can actually walk underneath the court at the Marriott Center. Um, Did not but know there's, that? There's no... There's no uh, dinosaur bones or mummies or anything when you go under the court but yeah you can walk under you can walk under it Mm -hmm. what's it like it it, well it goes back to the day when the building was first constructed the the floor was suspended there was nothing underneath the basketball court and so you'd walk under there to perform maintenance and things like that and now there's a cement deck there and and you walk it you can walk under there and it's just some storage space Hmm. what's your we're gonna call you one day to go under there (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes What's your biggest stress point right now mm-hmm. in the middle of renovations? You know, the biggest stress right now, I think, is the scoreboard. I mean, the seating project has has come along really nicely, 
And and it's not even the scoreboard, like the structure itself. The, the, the structure is basically all built, and it will come from Seattle just in pieces and get put together. Um, but we're working now to uh, provide the best uh, control room for the scoreboard, the best production area that we can that's going to preserve the equipment and that's going to allow – the people that are going to operate it to provide the best experience to the people that are in the arena. And so we just want all of those things to be just right so they can do that. Why, uh, why was the, uh, big, uh, the scoreboard not centered originally? And it will be now, right? <laughs> it will be, uh, yeah. And so uh, nobody really has been able to give a good answer <laughs> on that. Because you look up and yeah. you say, why is that not yeah. centered? That's so weird. Uh, you know, different people have had different explanations. Probably the best one is that it had to do with devotional. Originally, that structure had speakers in it for sound. And so uh, the devotional stage would get set up right underneath the, the scoreboard. Mm. We don't have any sound components in the scoreboard now, so we can put it wherever we want. Do you feel like a proud papa when you look at, you know, the day-to-day <laughs> advancements of, you know, of your baby and its, yeah. its progress? It, it is really exciting, and it's going to be such a, a major improvement for the building, both the scoreboard and the seating. Um, th- there's just been so many people that have been involved with the project and have worked so hard to make this all happen. And so it is very satisfying to see it all coming together. Are you also in charge of the annex? Is that something you'll help? You know, I don't think any decisions have been made with that yet. Mm. If to know if that's going to stay with athletics or if our crew is going to manage it as well. Okay. Do you do you at least know what's going on right now out there? Yeah, right now. Because we see it every day when we walk in here yeah. and we feel it. <laughs> <laughs> right now, there's a utility tunnel that runs in front of the north side of the Marriott Center. And the work that's going on here now is to build another tunnel that will connect the annex to that utility tunnel so that it has the high temperature water that they use for heating and, and all of the communication lines and everything. So that's what's happening now. And ground is supposed to be broken on that um, later this fall or next, is it next year? I'm trying to remember. The latest that I've heard is probably in the fall. Okay. Now, as the director of the two major facilities on campus at BYU, I'm gathering you've seen some pretty remarkable and epic contests in the Marriott Center of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Are what, what's your favorite contest? Let's start with the Marriott Center. What's the best game you've seen in the Marriott Center? Wow, the best game that I've seen in the Marriott Center. It's, it's probably back before I worked here. Um, I think my, one of my best memories is uh, the, I don't even know what year it was, but the big comeback that BYU made against Utah. And um, uh, now I'm blanking on names with the point guard that never shot the ball, hit the three. Matt, Matt Montague. Matt Montague. Yeah, there you go. He, he, he knocks down the big shot to, to kind of put it away. So that's, that's one of my favorite Marriott Center mm. memories. Okay, very good. That was good. a great game. <laughs> Justin Durfee, great stuff. We appreciate the update on the Marriott Center. We wish you the best of luck as, as you push forward. And, man, August 8th, a month away, right around the corner. And we'll call you about going under the court. That sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, thanks for coming to Studio B. Thank you. Our Twitter question today, if you were a czar of college football, what change would you make? Dinosaur bones under every stadium, just because. Is that what makes Lavelle Stadium special? No. Okay. Hey, just that was a, a great conversation. It's just a thought. <laughs> Up next, more of your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. You have not BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan doing it live in Studio B. Hey, did you miss our interviews earlier with uh, Bill Bender of the Sporting News and Justin Durfee, director of the Marriott Center and Lavelle Edwards Stadium? No worries. Go to youtube.com slash BYU TV Sports. That's youtube.com slash BYU TV Sports to watch all of our interviews on the show. Our Twitter question today, 
is a doozy. If you were czar of college Groundhog football, Day. what change would you make at Twiggy or Stone says eight wins to get to postseason. Playing in a bowl game should be something that is special. Playoffs should be eight teams. Okay, so you need to win eight games to get into a college football mm, bowl game? Okay. I like that. I liked it when there were less. That would be that would be nice. You know what was amazing? In Make 19, it more meaningful. In Make 1996. Te- you have teams that finished with losing records in the season. In 1996. Fresno State went 6-8 last year. I know. It was ridiculous. BYU's playing the back-to-back Mountain West. West? West Division. Pacific? Pacific? No, it's the West, West Division, Division Champions. Champions. That's right. We don't even know. It's new. Mountain West. We've, we're so over you. Okay, BYU-Wyoming. 96 WAC Championship game. That we were Wyoming, both there as That teenagers. Wyoming team was a, was 10-1 and one or 11-1. and one. Left out of they the They were ranked game. 23rd. They did not go to a bowl game. Mark Harris won the Belitnikoff, I believe. <laughs> they had the Belitnikoff winner. They were ranked, and they had double-digit wins and did not go to a bowl game. That was not even 20 years ago. Because they were Wyoming. My, how money has changed everything. Now there are 42 bowl games? I think 40, 40? I think forty, and then you add the, the playoff? 41 with the championship Oh, game. my goodness. Okay, yeah, yeah, things have changed a lot. I like that. Eight wins to get to the postseason. Interest. That's a good, that's a good thought. At R.S. Scott Earl, abolish conferences for a structure like pro sports and make all refs NCAA refs instead of conference refs. So no conference affiliation. Nice. Is there, you know, is there some kind of bias associated with each conference? You'd like to think not, but everyone's human. So, I, yeah, I get it. I like the ideas that are coming in. This is why. It's unless we have so- Skynet or Genesis, as I saw last night, uh, unless they ref the games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who knows? No bias to robots. <laughs> right? Foul on number 32. <laughs> BYU. Ha, 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 ha. A <laughs> maybe, joke. Maybe Bracken Matrix. Yeah, we bring Bracken Matrix in like game. Ref our games. Wow. I see a future interview with a computer voice coming. Also, oh. we have a library book due this week, apparently. Hey, if you missed our number one headline of the day, T. John Karoma, BYU freshman All-American, now a sophomore, has been named to the Remington Award watch list. Yes! He was left off the spring list somehow. There's a spring list? Yeah, for this award. Dude, you remember but how nothing we, else. Remember how we talked about me being like the Lou Groza guy? There's the Heisman pundit. I could be like the Ray guy or the Lou Groza guy. You want to be the Just, Remington guy? The Remington guy. O-line. <laughs> Breakdown, play Rim- in the trenches. Remington Steel. Yes, that's no. for all of you 80s TV fans. It would be funny. My my goal with that, if I did it, and I'm not, is to get on a radio show. Like some kicker from Auburn is on a list, and they call me, and I, they're like, what's your take on uh, Jeff Sheets? Or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Now back, back to T. John and oh, okay. I'm going to call him. Oh, we're I'm going to call him Remington Steel. Can I do that? Yeah, I'm doing it. I don't okay. care what he says. I'm okay. doing it. Remington Steel. T. John Karoma. There's something to him being named to that watch list. Okay, he's still a young guy. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Here's Johnny. T. John Karoma is one of only two true sophomores. So true. On the Remington watch list. That's nice. Which brings us to this. The BYU offensive line started a couple of freshmen last year. Consistently. Louis Lapuaho got eight starts. Tijan Chroma got 13. Tuni Kanuch had four. Okay. True. They were freshmen. They were freshmen. This year, BYU is, looks to start at left tackle Louis Lapuaho. Eight career starts. Left guard Kyle Johnson, a junior. 21 starts. Tijan Kroma, all 13, sophomore. Tuni Kanuch, sophomore, four. Riker Matthews, 23 career starts. That combines for 69 
career starts, which fits in the middle of the pack in terms of national career starts that you return. Kyle Johnson has been labeled by Garrett 2J as just the all-around stud best offensive lineman on BYU's team. There you go. And Riker Matthews is back. Okay, he's He started all 13 games as a freshman, only 10 the next two years combined. BYU, if Riker Matthews is uh, graduates and then those other four start every game this year, next year they would have 98 career starts going into the season. Why does that matter? Tanner Mangum's going to be the quarterback. BYU's going to play a tough schedule. That 98 going into this season would rank 12th in the country. Right now they're 57th in the country, which is like right in the middle. So that... So what, what I'm saying is BYU doesn't have freshmen out there this year. They have got some guys with experience that will be here for a couple of years. This is good news. I like the makeup of this line. Now, there will be more guys than this. Robert and I, Garrett Tuje, they've said in order to run our offense, we need subs and a lot of subs because these guys aren't going to play 90 snaps each. So these are the guys that lead the way, but it's a good group. And Tijon Chroma being on the Remington watch list is nice. He's going to be the only guy, I think acknowledged in some form for his play on the offensive line in the preseason uh, individual awards. I wonder if the offensive line, I mean, just by nature, they're the least talked about position group. Sure, yeah. Because, because they don't have a stat. Yeah, what? Wait, pancake pan, blocks? But it's not a stat in the box score. That, that's why. So, yeah, just Internally, by oh, default. yeah, they give them grades. Yeah, pancake blocks, all that, yes. But this BYU offensive line, when you look at it closely, like we are doing right now, You've got to feel optimistic about where this thing is going. And they'll be tested in September. But overall, I like the group that BYU brings back because there's a lot of continuity from last year. Okay, oh. it's, it's led by a freshman All-American at center. And then Kyle Johnson, Jr., who I mentioned, Garrett Tuji just said he's the best offensive lineman we got. You got those two guys anchoring a line. And we were super high. For good reason, on the freshman last year, Ului Lapuaho and Tuni Kanuch, not to mention Riker, who's the old veteran. Right, yeah, the old veteran who had surgery, missed spring. He should be healthy in the fall. They need him. They need him at, at left tackle. Uh, or, excuse me, he's going to play right tackle. Lapuaho will play left tackle. Uh, and you look at Kanuch, considered one of the strongest guys on the teams. Same with Karoma. Johnson, the veteran, you mentioned. Lapuaho has, he has height and weight of, a, of an NFL Left tackle. And then, of course, Riker, a former uh, high school All-American, the season vet, the one senior. It's a good group. I like it. And and four of the five backups on the prospectus, upperclassmen. Experience. Yep. They've got experience. They've been around the program for a while. Up next, if you missed anything, we get you caught up to date in the Cougar whip around. Plus, more of your tweets. As czar of college football, what change are you making? Why are you saying what, what, what? What? BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Try to detect it. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tijon Karoma is one of 63 players named the Remington Trophy watch list, so basically half the guys. Given to the best center in college football, Tijon was one of only two true sophomores named for the watch. Track and Phil. Shea Martinez, All-American in the wait, NCAA. Wait, 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 wait. Shea Martinez-Collinsworth. Call, sorry. We've forgotten this. Sorry. Is that what it is officially? Or I don't know. We have to ask her. She ran the 800 meters in 2 minutes, 5 seconds, 7800s. That was fast enough to advance to the semifinals in the World University Games in Seoul, Korea. Cougars in the association. Native pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Brandon Davies played 13 minutes, had a rebound assist, and a whopping 5 fouls for the Orlando Magic Blue team. And they lost against Memphis in the NBA Summer League. Also, 
Jen Hampson and the the LA Sparks will take on the San Antonio Stars tonight, 8 Eastern time. You can watch it on Time Warner Cable. Baseball! In the minor leagues, Jacob Brugman scored a runoff of two walks yesterday for the Midland Rockhounds, the Oakland Athletics AA affiliate. The Rockhounds beat the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. That's always a weird line. What? How'd you do? I went zero for zero with a run and two walks. Hey, by the way, I still got my yogurt. It's uh, still... still you know, you know, it's actually... The temperature is actually okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's okay, right? It's kind of hot up here, though. Whatever the studio. Do we need is a, can freezing. we get a refrigerator up here, like behind the desks? <laughs> cold drinks and put well, a six no. pack of soda in here. Today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter <laughs> Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Should we give it to Justin Durfee? Yeah, doing work, man. One month away from the Merritt Center and being on schedule. Done. They're on schedule. Probably ahead of schedule, man. The way he was like feeling, like he's like, oh, things are going great. Like they might be ahead of schedule. Wow. I, that thing, it's going to be nice. It's going to be a totally different experience in the Merit Center. The large screens are 24 by 18 feet. They're twice the size of the ones from last year. Awesome. And then you have ones underneath for the homies. Do you even close. need the curtain drop anymore with huge screens like that? That's a great question. I, <laughs> Texting David Almodova. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Our Twitter question today is, as I mentioned, a doozy. If you were the czar of college football, what change? Ned, would, Ned Ryerson. What change would you make? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. <laughs> I just keep seeing Bill Murray punch that guy in the face. Ned. <laughs> at what Nom- a great movie. At Nomad Coog, our boy Mark in Afghanistan says offense advancing the ball if not touched down by the defense. Okay, a la the NFL. So if you just fall down, you can get back up and keep running. Yeah, I wish that. Yeah, I like that one. I do want college football to keep the stop cl- uh, clock stops on a first down. I think that that is uh, really important to what college football has because there are more comebacks in college football than the NFL. Mark also said disband conferences, which has been discussed a lot. Our elite tweet of the day. <laughs> it never gets old. At Paul Sherrington, promotion and relegation. Those in Power 5 have to win to keep their spots. That or would, you're going to the Sun Belt. Or you're out of here. <laughs> I love that so much. That would be amazing. Hey, thanks to Bill Bender, Justin Durfee, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Our show on demand on BYUSN.com. The audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Matt Putnam. BYU Sports Station back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Jerem, if you were czar of anything, what would you do first?